Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading episode 150 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. We did it, everybody. We made it to 150 episodes. Jeez, I, I, it, I'm blown away. Uh, and Mark and I both want to thank every single one of you that's downloaded the show, that's left a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. We couldn't do the show without you, and it wouldn't be growing the way it is without you either. Uh, and hey, how about we thank you in person? So if you're in the Bay Area this weekend, on Sunday, the 14th of January, Mark and I are doing We Got This live. Uh, we are in a double bill with Craigslist podcast. If you don't listen to Craigslist, you have to. It's Craig and Carla Kakowski going through Craig's top 100 movies of all time. I've been on the show. Mark's been on the show. My wife, Jennifer, has been on the show. It is awesome. They have Busy Phillips as a live guest, our friend from the Work Juice Players. And we have... Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher. We are so excited. This is Sunday, the 14th of January, and Mark and I are going to be all over that weekend. We're doing the Work Juice Players Improv Show Saturday night. We've got a show in the morning of the 14th with Mike Furman. That's a kid's show if you have little ones. Find information on everything at sfsketchfest.com. But for now, please enjoy episode 150 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Batman villain. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Well, we've done it, Mark. What have we done, Hal? We've made it to LA Comic Con without actually going into the Comic Con. Oh, man. It is. I feel like I'm starting to get con fatigue. Already? Yeah. We've been here for like a half an hour. Yeah, I know, but man. I when you it. see a, when you see a half Jack Sparrow, half Kylo Ren, and spend the rest of your walk trying to figure out what the pun name for that is, or the the portmanteau that creates that name. I, I still have no idea what it would be. So you know what we should do? We should just relax in a hotel suite with friend of the show and returning guest, Simon Grimm. Hey, last time I was here was Simon Gotcha. Now I, I legally can't use that name. So, Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, no, they'll, they'll sue my ass. They will. Well, Simon Grimm is here with oh, us yes. today. That's right. I like the way you jumped in, Hal. I did because I knew. you knew I was going to say Simon Gotch. You had Gotch on your lips. I did. Oh, do I have Gotch on my lips? <laughs> yeah, you do. And my Gotch is on my lips. My Gotch is on my lips. <laughs> and that's how I got back on the show. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's I get to come back and talk about one of my favorite subjects with two of my favorite people. There oh. we go. Yeah, we're here to talk about Batman, but more specifically is Rogue's Gallery. This was mm-hmm. suggested by the father-daughter team of Peter and Sherilyn Brown. Hello, the Browns. Who are in, based in New Jersey, come yeah. to a lot of the thrilling shows when we're Ooh, in New York. Yeah. And they want, they want to know this, but this has been asked a bunch of times. And you mm-hmm. are, uh, not only an expert in villainy, but you're a huge comic book fan and Almost, you're, for, in, among the three of us, you're the historian of this group. I, I, I know a bit. I know a few things. I've, <laughs> I've, I've talked to guys. <laughs> so we're almost, Batman is now 78 years old. Yes. He, he, concept, he looks good. Not Bruce Wayne. Right. Oh, they, they actually, in the Lego Batman, they make a joke about that, that he's been fighting crime for over 70 years, and they, they make the joke, like, hey, he looks great. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. He, he made sure. that, I think it's because he fights such a wide variety of villains. He does CrossFit. He does, right. And CrossFit. He does CrossFit and he, he eats a paleo diet. That's the key. It's paleo diet, CrossFit, man. That's... And putting that gun down. That year one when he used to carry a machine gun around. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, he fought a vampire. <laughs> what hasn't he done? Did he ever meet uh, the, the what is it, the, uh, the, the Brooklyn Gorilla? I like, don't know. Uh, Who's the Brooklyn Gorilla? Isn't there, isn't there a movie? There's a movie called Bella Lugosi meets the Brooklyn Gorilla. Yeah, it was. A, it, it starred these guys who were literally a knockoff uh, Abbott and Costello. Like that was their actual bit. Is there were Abbott and Costello impersonators who started doing their own deal? <laughs> wow. So it was meant to. So yeah, Abbott and Costello could go see all the Universal properties, but these guys are like, who can we get? Well, we can't get Dracula. We got the Brooklyn Gorilla. It, it's an insane. It's. I would put it on par with like the House of the Long Shadows, which if you're not familiar with, was uh Canon Films did a movie where they wanted to have like Bella Lugosi and 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 Lon Chaney Jr. It's like these guys are all dead. They're like, okay, we'll get Vincent Price and Peter Cushing and 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 Christopher Lee. That's a good trio. It's a good trio. It's an the epic mo- horror trio. But it was a PG movie, and it actually came off more as a comedy. Yeah, and it, w- it was meant to be a horror film. It sounds like boy hocus pocus. Kind of. Uh, though I. Unrelated, I watched House 2, which the second story. Yes. Two words. Puppy Worm. Puppy, Puppy worm? worm? I don't know House 2. Yeah. It, well, also, I, that's a great title, though, oh, I have to say. The oh, no, I, I just... The a great title. Oh, it's yeah. a great story. It's, it was actually... I, I hadn't watched the movie in probably 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I rewatched the first one, which I didn't realize William Cat at the time. Obviously, when I'm a kid watching it, I didn't know, oh, it's the greatest American hero. That's, yeah. It's kind of funny. And Richard Mole. So we can see Richard Mole. We can see Bull from oh. Night Court versus Bull Shannon. Bull the, Shannon. One of the great television characters. He is six foot eight. Did you realize? He like really? he's legitimately a big man. He's huge. I yeah. remember he, he's also uh, fantastic on that show. He's oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. And I'm sure he's great in those movies. But isn't George Went also in the house he, movies? Yeah. No. And fun fact, George Went is in house. Guess who's in house too? George Went Jr. John Ratzenberger? John Ratzenberger. What? <laughs> I feel like there's a House 3. Woody would have been in it. Like, Actually, no, there was a House 3. Now I need to see if Woody's in it. I think there was like part go. five. Yeah. It's going to be Rhea Perlman. They called it oh. White Man Can't Jump. That's, that oh was the, that it was, was a retooling. Movie. Yeah. That, that happens sometimes. You know, uh, what was it? From Dusk Till Dawn was supposed to be a, a uh, Tales from a Crypt movie. Really? Yeah, I'd heard that. That yeah. movie, I loved that movie oh, because yeah. I did not see... Anything leading up to it to lead me to think that there were vampires involved. And when that moment happens halfway through the movie, you're watching this crime caper and then Selma Hayek turns into a vampire. Spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen this 20 year old movie. <laughs> you would be surprised how much people get mad about this stuff to this. I don't, I'm not, to me, if a, a movie's good, it's good. Yeah. Spoilers don't ruin it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sometimes read ahead in a book or I'll, I'll watch the ending of a movie. Right. I watched the ending of High Tension, which, uh, is one big twist. Like I knew it going in. And it just raised more questions than anything. Like it's one of those things where continuity starts to become an issue right. because you're like, oh, you have this twist. It's like I knew the twist going in, so I know this scene made no sense. Wait, did you, so you watched <laughs> the end of the movie first? How I, this, I, was it on a loop? I read a uh, I read a review of it. I I, I like to oh, watch I a lot of like film reviews and stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, um, nostalgia critic, uh, angry video game nerd does some movie reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's another one? Um, uh, Cinema Snob. Uh, yeah. Brennan, uh, Brennan Tennold, actually, I did a, I did a spot on his show, uh, where he, he reviewed, um, Life Force. And the funny thing is, he sends me the script for it to, re- to record a little video, and I had no idea what movie it was for. He didn't tell me. So I just read the dialogue and, and did it. <laughs> and, uh, so I do the review, or I, I do the little, the little, little break in during his review, and I had no idea it was for, I actually know Life Force, so I was, you know, it's Toby Hooper, great. There you go. I don't and know Life. I'm not familiar with Life Force. It is insane. It actually has uh, 
Sir Patrick Stewart's first on-screen kiss. Wow. It's with another dude. Sure. Of course yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. Why not? No, Tilly Hooper's amazing. Too. But, but also, Patrick Stewart was like 55 when he did the movie. It's weird. Patrick Stewart is, might be a vampire, legitimately, because he's looked the same <laughs> yeah. his entire career. Go back and watch Dune. I'm pretty sure Patrick Stewart was born in New Orleans in 1831. Oh, yeah. That's right. You, oh, there are, there are photographs of him in every speakeasy all over the South. <laughs> oh, you want an even crazier theory? Yeah. Okay. So I believe it was two years ago, John Hurt died from cancer. Mm-hmm. And then we just lost uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Yes. You think they were the same guy? John Hurt is the first man to die an alien. Harry Dean Stanton is the second. Ooh. There's a murderer on the loose. Wait no. a minute. I think we've got yeah, I, old I, age. Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, I was gonna say I think we I think we've got like a really slow working uh, Final Destination scenario going on with Alien. That could have happened. Like, you know what? If I'm ever in a final destination, if death is listening, I want you to know death. If I'm ever in a final destination situation, I want my death to be at 91 after a long and illustrious career. Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a step further and say, death, you can just take one off of me and just go. Well, that guy got away. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna concentrate on the next people. Yeah, it'll be fine. Oh no, I, 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 someone tried to claim that it was actually my theory is false because Bill Paxton died too, but I said Bill Paxton was in Terminator though. That's and true. he's the first guy to die in Terminator. Is he the first? Oh, does he get killed in the bar? Is he the guy in the? No, the guy in the bar because that's not the first guy that short. That's in Terminator Two. In Terminator, Schwarzenegger goes and sees the guys in the park, the punks, and sure enough, the first one he sees is Bill Paxton. And he kills him. Wow. He punches a hole in his chest. Oh my god! I have to watch. I haven't watched Terminator in years. It oh, is the original some, Terminator. Yeah. yeah, and and I could even go into my theory about how John Connor doesn't exist, but. Okay. Uh, for our listeners not- out there, what you, what you can't tell about this Marriott hotel room is that all over the walls are pictures and red thread connecting, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, all sorts of movie characters. Yeah, I, I can tell you right now, Pepe Silvia doesn't exist. It's. Oh my god. Follow it, the money, right? Oh yeah. Always no. follow the money. <laughs> I just assume that's my blanket statement for anything that could be. I, I, to understand this, just, cause I know we've got to get to the actual subject of the show, but sure. just to, Do to, we? Who knows? We uh, look. To throw this theory out there. Okay. Robots can the, the the whole thing people always say about Terminators. Why don't they just send like thirty Terminators back? Or why couldn't they find the right Sarah Connor? And my theory is, and I'm not the only one to have this theory. This is actually a pretty popular thing on the internet because when I started thinking about it, I looked it up and I was like, oh, other people think this too. The only way to beat the robots was to outthink them, to think in a fashion they can't. So, John uh, Kyle Reese wasn't sent to wasn't sent back to impregnate Sarah because that's a lot of steps you're guessing. Mm-hmm. That first right. and foremost, the guy who grew up in a nuclear wasteland could even conceive a child. That in the limited time they're no, seriously, it's yeah, true. Yeah, it's he's irradiated point. down that there. In the limited time they're going to be together, he's going to they're going to actually copulate. That she might have any interest in. There are a lot of things that have to go right for this to work. But to, yeah, to pick one person from history and say yeah. go have sex with them, like but, th- th- that's an alignment. But here's the thing: this is where it gets weird. Terminator Two. Takes place seven years after Terminator. There's no uh-huh. indication that 1991 and 1984 that there is anything other than the actual years the films are set in. Right. Mm-hmm. But John is like 15 or 14 in the second yeah. movie, which means he's aged seven additional years. Now that means he technically can't be whatever Sarah's pregnant with at the end of Terminator of the original Terminator, because that kid would only be seven years old. And you can say, oh, from an artistic storytelling standpoint, it's like no, bull. That is that's a, that's a cop out. Right. I think 
what what Kyle Reese was really sent back to give was the story of John Connor, and whoever's in charge of the resistance is John Connor. He's the Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, oh I, like I like that. that. Yeah, that's good. I just assumed that it was, yeah, we needed 18 to look younger, and Eddie Furlong, we made him look as young as we can, <laughs> and we could get him for 14 hours a day of work instead of, if there was a kid in the movie, you could get him for two hours a day. Oh, yeah, but th- and even then you could say, oh, well, it's you know, a less interesting story, but it's like, then you could have just said it a few years farther ahead in the future. That's true. Yeah, like yeah. there's nothing to stop that. But that was my whole. I, that's why I think the uh, the idea may have or the whole like subtext is mm-hmm. it's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. You're afraid of the idea of the guy. The guy doesn't matter. The guy's right. irrelevant. You, it's the story behind him. If anyone here has played Metal Gear Solid Five, that's like the big reveal at the end of the game. It's like it's not about the guy. It's about the story. The oh, the story wow. is bigger than the guy. Right. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. Jeez, this is now we're spoilering we're all kinds of over. things. Let, let, let me bring us back hey, to Batman. <laughs> hey, if you want a big spoiler, Bane breaks Han Solo's back. <laughs> See, that's that's two spoilers mixed together. So there it is. <laughs> and he did it first. He did it first. Yeah, <laughs> Han Solo did not break his back first. Uh, I I was thinking about this recently for Batman Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. Which is not what we're talking about here. We've already so is Superman technically Batman a Batman villain now. It, well, in Batman versus Superman, they're all villains to me. The person who paid money to go see it in the theater. But uh, I was thinking that Superman is a is a hero who's defined by his powers and his identity. Mm-hmm. And as much as Batman, like that's what makes him cool is all of the things he can do. He certainly has a great rogues gallery of his own. But Batman, as cool as he is. He's made way better and elevated by the quality of villains that he faces, although not all of them are great. Uh, but he has at least five or six and, and more that you could, you could argue for the, for the best villain that he has. Do you agree with that? Uh, probably. I mean, and even then the, uh, the odd thing with his villains is that they're, they're almost caused by him. Yes. That he, mm-hmm. it, it's like he's the, uh, He's the he's meant to be the cure, and all he does is create more tr- more trauma. Yeah. Um. In the Arkham City video game, there's actually a, a line of dialogue from Hugo Strange where it's something along the lines of, "Did you ever consider that you're the reason all these creatures are here? You changed the game. Before you, we didn't. You know, we didn't put on costumes. We weren't these crazy monsters. We were just guys. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of how Batman's presence made. It's like the first carjacking. As soon as someone goes, "Oh, we can do that," right. now everyone does it. It's like, yeah. oh, I can put on a crazy costume and build a giant death laser? That's uh, – looking <laughs> at Batman, the, his villains – are his villains – they're for the most part human. Yes and no. Um, Joker is the only one who's definitely human. But even then, that's been argued in certain certain iterations of the comic. They argue whether or not he's actually a human being. Right. Um, then you see someone like Killer Croc. It's like, well, he's kind of a mutant. He's not necessarily human. Right. Poison Ivy, once again, not exactly human. Riddler's human. You, Riddler's yeah. the only one who's like straight up human. Penguin. Penguin. They're all the original with, penguin, with little yeah. tweaks. It yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Penguin. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar. I may have mentioned this last time. There's a uh, musical called Holy Musical Batman. It was it was done by a uh, theater troupe in Chicago called Starkid Productions. Right. They also did a Harry Potter musical like years one through seven. Love it. Uh, it's great <laughs> stuff. But um, it's probably one of the, it's one of the two best pieces of satire, like loving satire, done for Batman. The other one being the Lego Batman movie. And there's a thing where they point out that Batman's villains are literally – it's a guy with a thing on his head who does puns. <laughs> yeah. Like Riddler, question mark on his head, does, does, puns. does puns. Poison Ivy, plants on her head, does puns. Joker, clown paint on the head, does puns. Yeah. Yeah. Two-Face. White, white makeup over a mustache, yeah. does puns. Two, Two-Face, he has two faces, he does puns. You know, 
It's like, but it was, the, and they even they make up a fake villain called Sweet Tooth, and literally he has candy on his head and he does puns. <laughs> That's weird. He's on this list. Yeah. Um, Kate McManus put together a gigantic this list. Is, this is exhaustive. Thank you, Kate, for putting together. There are on this list, just on this list alone, 55 villains that Batman has faced. Um, not including some of the villains from the 1966 television series, uh, which, as you pointed out before we started recording, once that became a comic book, now they are all uh, in the comic book world. So we have guys like Egghead on the list and um, King, King Tut. Tut. Yeah. King Tut. The Bookworm. Mad Hatter. False face. Well, these guys are. Oh, yeah, Mad Hatter was in the comic already. Yeah, the, yeah. the ones created for the show King Tut, Egghead, Zelda the Great, Shame. Oh. The bookworm, the minstrel. Don't worry, everyone. He's an old timey, like, like a, like yeah, a, like a Robin Hood kind of minstrel. Not an inappropriate minstrel. Uh, well, he might be inappropriate. We just don't know. He could sure. be. We, yeah, we, he is a I've villain. never heard his song, so I don't yes. know his full <laughs> canon of work. Uh, you've also got Ma Parker, who I believe is a historical figure. Yeah. That somehow made her way into this. Is that Shelly Winters? Wasn't that is, she? uh, Shelley It's always Shelly Winters. Yeah. Tallulah <laughs> Bankhead as Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis the Lilac as played by Milton Berle. None of these, by the way, are, have a chance of winning. No. Do they? No. 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 But it's nice to mention, I feel like, the, the, here's what I think this episode is. Because Mark and I were conferring over text as we do mm-hmm. often. Because we're friends, not just co-hosts. And we both had. For now. Yeah. Who knows? This could tear us apart. This could be the thing. No, I mean, we're losing the show. We'll always be friends. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> well, thanks for being on our last episode. We really appreciate it. I, I have a long history of killing things that I work with. Is it's a, there, there was a, this isn't a joke. There was a run where there's like three professional wrestling companies in a row. This is before I ever got signed. They put me on their poster and literally went out of business the next show. <laughs> <laughs> like as soon as you advertised me in any way, you went out of. I, I started laughing about it because I was like, I saw someone put me on a show, and I was like, oh, they're put me on the poster. I was like, oh, okay, you're going out of business. Well, listen, for the benefit of promoters who are listening out there that have not yet worked with Simon, you are now working and being promoted, and none of those companies have closed down. Oh, actually, one did. One did. Look, it's, one, it's a batting average. <laughs> Admitted, admittedly, that had nothing to do with me. That was like a financial thing the guy personally was going through. That was like a different deal altogether. So, they, but all the other ones have been good. Yeah, those, they've all been good. It's not his fault. He's he's fine. No. So just, like, don't get <laughs> trigger shy. Uh, but I I think we we both feel like we know the answer. You may already feel like you know the answer. And we we're not going to say it now anyway. But this feels like for me the whole episode is a long in memoriam. Uh-huh. Where we're going to discuss a series of villains that that are not going to win. Someone like Clayface. Clayface yeah, isn't going to win. He's not going to win. I mean that's he's interesting. Mean, he's yeah, but he's not going to win. It's. Right. The, the downside of a character like Clayface is that beyond the fact he, he falls in the same category as the, uh, um, uh, Mr. Freeze. Sure. Where it wasn't until, oddly enough, the animated series that he actually had sort of a real backstory and, and his iteration of the character became something you could latch onto. Yeah. Mr. Freeze before, like, it's actually become the, st- his standard background now is, is from the, is from the Paul Dini, uh, Bruce Timm series. With his wife. Yeah. Like that wasn't his story before that. That was an original thing they wrote. Uh, and that that's the sort of stuff where same thing with Clayface, where the actual Clayface in the comic is way boring, right? And then he got reintroduced in the because uh, I think there were three or four of them. Basil Carlo, I know, is one of them. Yeah, there a lot of the uh, villains who were introduced in like the '60s in that Silver Age era, '50s, '60s, were a lot of them were like just villain of the week. They had yeah. that feel. Although mm-hmm. Catwoman came out in the '60s. She's obviously, if I were going to put together. Catwoman came out in 1940. 1940. What am I looking at? I don't know. 
Oh, at, I'm looking at, at Catman. Oh, Cat, You're looking Catman. Catman does exist. Or, or Jilted Husband. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, there were a lot that came out that were mm. sort of villain of the week. Catwoman, obviously not one of them. I put Catwoman in the top ten. Oh, yeah, he's if, for uh, sure. In 19, I'm, I'm looking at this. We have a list, uh, this Kate McManus list. Yes. It looks like, boy, they came out of the gate strong with their what are now all of the classic villains for Batman. And then just added and filled in later. Because you look at 1940. You have Mad Monk and Hugo Strange coming out in 1939 and 1940. And then you've got the Joker, Catwoman, Scarecrow, the Penguin, Two-Face. All coming out between 1940 you, and You know why, right? I don't. You, oh, you don't know? I don't. Well, quick question. Who invented Batman? Uh, Bob. Bob Kane. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You're wrong. I am. <gasps> Bill Finger. Bill Finger? Bill Finger Not is a name a, I've heard. Bill, oh, there's actually a documentary about him. It's called Batman and Bill. Uh, you can find it on Hulu. But uh, Bill Finger was the actual... To put this in perspective, the proto version of Batman was a character that was being worked on by Bob Kane. Bill Finger was another writer who started helping him out with it, and he actually suggested a lot of the stuff that wound up becoming the uh, the basis for uh, Batman, the the background, the way the character design, the logo, the light in the sky, all that stuff. Even a lot of the uh, villains were – Bill actually worked as a writer on Batman, but back in the day, only one guy got the byline. Right. right. And that was Bob. Bob was very smart. He admitted it like when he was much later in life that he was like – when they did a book about him, I think in the late 80s. Right around the time the Batman movie came out, mm-hmm. he talked about it. He was like, he felt bad. He was like, yeah, they basically Bill Finger only just started getting credit with, uh, I think it was with Batman versus Superman. If you actually watch the movie, it's Batman created by, uh, Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Wow. Because oh. everything always for time immemorial Im- is always Batman originally created by Bob Kane in every credit sequence. Yeah. And the only reason it got changed was because for years, I think it had to do with like the Writers Guild. Mm-hmm. You could only get a uh, a byline changed if you had a blood relative making the request if the person had already – because Bill Finger died in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So it's like you could only have that if a blood – and they, they, fa- they literally found his granddaughter, like his son, uh, uh, they didn't know it was even married at any point They mm-hmm. because he wanted he wanted to – you know, he was a gay man. He wound up dying from AIDS in the 80s. It was mm-hmm. an unfortunate period where that was a very common thing. And they did not know that he'd actually been married 10 years before that and he had a daughter. Wow. So they found her accidentally, like through a long series of this guy was doing a documentary on Bill Finger and he actually found his daughter. She was the one who finally put in the, the request for the change. Did she, was it her, was, was she her spurred on to, to yeah. make that request by someone who knew this bloodline thing or oh, yeah. she was, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. It was a little of both because I know she talked about how she was like she would say that her grandpa created Batman, mm-hmm. and no, Bob Kane, Bob Kane, Bob Kane. Yeah. Everyone would just tell her that, and she's like, "No, my grandpa created him." And, <sighs> wow. Yeah. Also, Bill Finger sounds like a Batman villain. He does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, yeah, if he was like part dolphin, I am Bill Finger. <laughs> What if he was just a guy who had a finger for a for like a, a bill, like instead of like a oh. duck bill, it was just like a finger hanging out of his face. That is, oh, that's so simple and so horrifying. Oh. Like the image of that, just like oh, old finger mouth over here, and it's moving on its own. Like he's talking, yeah. just the fingers doing that like curling finger thing. Oof. Oh, this is terrible. Oh yeah, no, it's... this is like scarecrow level fear being instilled in me. It's all I can picture now is what if we all grew. Um, <laughs> All right, like because it. we have a because we have a long list yes. of of these villains, <laughs> I am just going to I'm going to break them up into little chunks and just 
because we know we'll save the big ones. Uh, we'll save the big ones for uh, a conversation toward the end. But this, but let's let's take a look at some of these honorable mentions, right? And, and then and then we can talk about what makes a great Batman villain, right? Because we'll, first we'll talk about these people. Like, has anybody ever heard of uh, you? Probably you know Doctor Double X. No, that's a new one to me. See, I don't know either. Yeah. He's symbiotic energy. Uh, he's a he can he has a duplicate. I guess he can duplicate himself. He That's what the other X is. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. generate uh, power bolts and a superhuman strength. Okay, can I say something really inappropriate? I'm going to say something really inappropriate. Sure. I feel like we need to bring Dr. Double X back, and it ne- the whole joke needs to be it's that Dr. Double X is a woman. And that's just it. Oh. Because she just has two X chromosomes. There you go. That's but that's, but that's the extent of it. That's yeah. all it is. That's out. And it's not called out or anything. Yeah. It's, it's like, say it, Dr. Double X. What do you want? Yeah. They never say it. They never explain it. I went to evil medical school just like everybody else. <laughs> I found out, I found out recently in, uh, in, uh, Adventure Time, Dr. Princess is not a doctor. She just happened to be named Dr. Princess. So they made her a doctor. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You that's, know what? I'm going to name my kid Doctor. See? I feel like as a like that there there aren't more you know being Jewish that there aren't more instances in my family of somebody just being named doctor and make it easy or lawyer yeah. like the as their name yeah oh, just yeah. put esquire into their name Ridiculous. we love we love it when our children go into medicine or law I can I can attest to that. that my father wanted me to go into law yeah and I said I want now you're be- laying down the law in a <laughs> ring uh, now I'm laying down for Tom Lawler he beat the crap. <laughs> <laughs> Now we have, it, it was it was a pretty it was a pretty rough one, but it, it was like a, they they sent you that email they're like yeah we we want to book you for this show cool who am I wrestling Tom Lawler UFC Tom Lawler yeah okay oh man <laughs> what's that like I mean is it that's fun it's I I I, I you're aware of this I, I train with uh, Seth Petrozelli who if you're not familiar with it is the guy who uh, beat Kimbo Slice at, Ext- at Elite XC in their first show and basically destroyed the company because. They built it around Kimbo, and he got beat in like 15 seconds by <laughs> Seth. So, um, but I trained with him at his uh, jiu-jitsu school, uh, his MMA school in uh, Orlando, Florida, the the jungle. Mm. And uh, Tom actually was one of the founders originally of the jungle before he was. Now, is Tom related to Jerry the King? No. Okay, that's a whole other series of jokes. But <laughs> <laughs> I'd make it. I, I'm not going to make any of them. But yeah, <laughs> but getting back to Batman villains, yes, Doctor Double X and. I, I'm so, I'm so bad. I sidebar so often. No, that's, that's all right. So do we. That's the whole point of the show. We all know who it's going to be, guys. We all do. We do know. We're not going to. We're not going to reveal gonna, it. Not, we don't have to say it. And congratulations, preemptively, on being the only guy who his answer was the same on both of his episodes. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I'm. I think the reasons are different here. Yeah, they but are. It's there. There's a and. I don't want to spoil it, but as he said so perfectly once, um, I think it was something to the effect of, I'm, you're never going to kill me because you're a stupid little rule. I'm never going to kill you because you're just too much fun. Yes. Yep. Exactly. So yes. if anyone hadn't guessed who we are yeah. going to talk about last, that's oh, what we're yeah. going to talk, talk about. Let's talk about some people who did talk not about, say that. Yeah. Let's talk Go about ahead. the people that didn't say that. Um, we're looking at right now, let's look at the 1940s since we already started in the 40s. In the 1940s, uh, the ones aforementioned and also Tweedledee and Tweedledum, points for originality there. Cavalier, Mad Hatter, The Riddler, another classic. Wait, I want to save The Riddler. Don't just well, yeah. throw The Riddler yeah, out. Yeah, no, I'm not throwing you, Oh, you just want to save I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying I all see, the ones from the I time. They, I feel like the ones that are going to get through to the end are all the ones that have wound up being the big bads in the movies. Oh, so you want to just pull people from the decades? Yeah, we can pull We can pull them out from – why, why we can do that, sure. 
So, well, that, so that's the obviously 40s. the Riddler. The, well, all of them would come out of the forties. Well, no, the, I think the Riddler and Two Face are the two I would pull out. Well, out of the forties, you you wouldn't pull the Joker, Catwoman, oh, well, Scarecrow. The jo- the oh, I didn't. Riddler. I didn't hear yeah. I'd pull. I'd pull Matt Hatter. Honestly, I think Matt, Matt Hatter. Matt Hatter is like the Freddy Krueger of the of the uh, DC world. If you really break him down, like minus the 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 uh, you know magic dream powers, mm-hmm. but uh, read his backstory. It's creepy as hell. Like it's there, there's a lot of characters like that where you actually break down their stuff. They're way more disturbing than a lot of the other ones, but they, they don't yeah. really talk about it. Because they're the ones that would scare the kids. Yeah. But uh, he's essentially a master of hypnotism, and he does mind control devices. That's yes. And? And? Well, let me ask you a question. Please. He's looking for his Alice, right? Uh-oh. How old's Alice? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. That's like an actual thing. Oh, good oh, lord. Gross. He's a pedophile. Oh. No. Yes. Mad oh, Hatter's a pedophile. <laughs> you sure you want to pull him out of the 40s? My goodness. We should put him in jail. Yeah. Well, that's, Batman. the 40s. that's Batman's job. I guess that's ours. true. <laughs> pull him out of the 40s and put him far away from a school. Yeah, my goodness. He has to knock on the doors of all the other villains to tell him what he's moving into the neighborhood for Every goodness sake. Every cell sakes. in Arkham Asylum. <laughs> that was oh, the... Oh, uh, gosh. What was it? That was the joke on... Uh, Venture Brothers, Captain Sunshine drops uh drops the monarch into jail. Says he's you know take care of him, boys. Apparently, he never heard of due process. So they let, they're like, well, you can't just drop a person into jail. So they take the monarch out and put him back on the street. <laughs> uh, I'm not familiar with the Venture Brothers. Program. Yeah, me neither. I heard I heard it was good. I don't know. I don't know. Um, season, uh, last season was pretty good. It, you know what? Those new guys. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't let's, seen it. Let's look at the know. 1950s. You know what? I'm gonna lump the 50s and the 60s together because they're not many of them. In the 1950s and 60s, we had Killer Moth. Firefly, Signal Man, Dr. Double X, Mr. Freeze, Dr. Hurt, Catman, and Poison Ivy. Those are the ones. It's a good, we uh, got, we got four. Good run in this. Cause Killer Moth and, uh, and Firefly both actually came up more and more later in the series. Like they're, they're two of the characters I can think of that actually returned. In, uh, in later iterations. Yeah. And where, do they work together? Cause they seem like they would because they're both. Uh, you think, but it's, I, I feel like, I feel like Villains teaming up is kind of a weird thing. Also because yeah. their their superpowers or their supervillainy powers are one is a gymnast and one is a is a pyrotechnics expert. So, so they, I don't know. Look, they they'd both prob- work at a bit at a Britney Spears show. I was about to say they could both work really well together. Yeah, yeah. And, and they, they're doing Cirque in Vegas. <laughs> they were both in Bring It On. Really that's gonna, popular. That's going to be the big reveal. Batman beats them so bad they just moved to Vegas and started like working the tech side of stuff yeah. and they just They've got a big warehouse space, and they turn it into a gym, and they train the next generation. And that's where, uh, where, uh, what was it? Uh, what was that show with the uh, the two guys who did the special effects? The uh, a Mythbusters. Mythbusters yeah. yeah, that's where Mythbusters started. That's right. It started with the two of them. <laughs> Gotham City Mythbusters. Yeah, Jamie and Adam are basically Killer Moth and Firefly. <laughs> Does the Penguin's gas umbrella really knock you out? We're going to test it today on Gotham Mythbusters. Um. <laughs> this all right now let's move into let's look at some of the ones from the 70s okay. uh in the 1970s uh man there is i don't know why 10-eyed man makes me laugh so hard because <laughs> 10-eyed man that is his superpower is he can see everywhere oh it's not that he's wearing four pairs of glasses <laughs> <laughs> i'll be honest i when i thought of him having 10 eyes i just thought of him all being in the front i didn't really i didn't really consider there could be other places yeah see i pictured it like a ring of gopros <laughs> around his head it well you know what that's actually 
probably kind of a, a effective power for at least defense. Sure, if he's a substitute teacher. Well, no. I mean, if Batman's sneaking up on you from any angle, you can see him. Yeah, that's true. There's literally the, you don't have a blind spot. You also have <laughs> nothing you can do about it because your only superpower is that you have ten eyes. But you can hit the gym. You can take you can take a karate class. Um, also in the seventies, Raz Al Ghul and Talia Al Ghul. Yeah. Uh, Bronze Tiger, Calculator. Um, wait. I like this. It says genius, but mostly effective because of his calculator suit. I feel like so we really like, need to call Kate McManuson. We should have done more research on this, this. This one feels like it came from the television show. No, yeah. no, it's a but, calculator. But you know what? I, you know what it was. I guarantee you, it was. They did a joke on Family Guy years ago with about Stephen King, where the whole deal was he's like, "My next book, it's uh, about a, uh, oh, it's about a lamp, ah, oh, haunted lamp, ah." Oh. They're like, <laughs> you're, "You're just looking at things on my desk and and just making up a story, aren't you?" Like, <laughs> I, f- I feel like someone was in there was in their office, just like, "We need a new villain for this week's issue." Um, he's, uh, protractor man. It's like, no, it's not going to work again. <laughs> like, uh, calculator man. It's really technological, right? He's, he's high tech. He can add and subtract, but he can't subtract that much because only so much power. <laughs> he can uh, do a handstand and make boobless on his shirt. Ah, there we go. <laughs> five, five, three, seven, eight, oh, wait, wait. Wow, you, you whoa! That's I did amazing. that a lot as a kid. Or seven seven three four, uh, seven seven three four zero two. Flip it over, go to hell. Wow. Yeah, I was real bored in math class. <laughs> I, you guys, I was a very good student in all things, with the exception of mathematics. Well, I had a graphing calculator in high school that I thought was basically a high tech etch a sketch because I did not like math, but I did like trying to make drawings. Using oh, yeah. it. it was not good for if that. If you had a TI eighty six, you could play Tetris. TI eighty five, you could play Tetris. Oh, uh, we had TI eighty ones. I'm a little older than you. So I guess I'll raise the obvious question: Why do we then complain about kids with cell phones? They, if anything, yeah. we're, I think we're more just envious of the fact that they don't yeah. have to be as bored as we were. I'm yeah. jealous. I used I've, to play Jeopardy on a giant laptop, like a giant early laptop that I, my dad it was it was now was out of date by the time I used it, but I played. I, I could have played if I had a cell phone. I could have played Jeopardy and not got caught and got in trouble. Oh, even just traveling, like the idea of sitting in a car for six hours, like when you're a kid, you have to do the long road trips with your family. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, hand on the iPad. Let me play with it. Okay. We used to have, uh, our, for our long road trips, we had road trip bingo, yeah. which were bingo cards that had things like a farm, an overpass. It was like, this is what was fun for us, <laughs> was trying to play bingo, like Nothing like three kids sitting in the back seat of a Dodge Caravan looking for overpasses. Oh, we, I actually, uh, we stopped, uh, I, for those of you who are unaware of this, I was actually in Hermiston, Oregon last night. Uh, I, I slept about two hours on the plane, uh, drove three hours from Hermiston to Portland to fly here to get here at like 8.50 in the morning. But, uh, we stopped at the, this, uh, roadside truck stop in, uh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. They had metal on the dividers between the, uh, bathrooms. In between the stalls. Mm-hmm. And all I could think was, man, we are anti-glory hole technology has just come a long way because I was, <laughs> I remember being a kid. I didn't know what it was, but I remember seeing like the hole dug and it wasn't all the way through. It was like someone who had been trying to dig a hole through one of the dividers. Right. There's nothing sadder than like attempting and failing to dig a glory hole. The crotch shank redemption. <laughs> just a little Rita Hayworth underneath oh. it. They're just trying to dig a hole. Guys, oh. we're talking about comic books and have kids that listen to this show. Well, then we shouldn't have been talking about the Mad Hatter, but here we are. That's- that's true. Um, the by line. the way, I looked up some calculator. Um, mm-hmm. 
He actually, uh, not a terrible superpower. He has a special suit that registers other fighters' moves and counters them in the moment. So he's basically Sherlock Holmes from the Robert Downey reboot. Right. Where they would slow down all the fights and he would overcalculate in his head. With the, with oddly enough, with the, uh, the same power as the scanner from Dragon Ball. Ah, there you go. Ah, there it is. I think, well, I feel like a lot of super superpowers just get recycled over and over. Oh yeah, because there's the, not that many. Oh, yeah, well, there aren't, but I feel like you can come up with more creative ones than they often do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like I don't know if you ever saw Paranorman. Uh yes, I did see Paranorman. Mm-hmm. Amazing movie. Sure. Yeah. And it goes completely like it does not go the way you think it's going to go. When you yeah. start watching it, it's an example of you can take a very simple idea and do it well and mm-hmm. be original with it still. Um. And I think that's the thing with a lot of these characters is that there's some cases like with Killer Moth and, and Firefly where they come back later and they're actually better. We were talking about that off air about like, uh, Clay, F- or nobody was on there. I can't remember. I get hit in the head for a living. And I didn't sleep, but, <laughs> but, uh, Clayface and Mr. Freeze where yeah. it's, these are characters where their initial creation is awful and they're yes. just not interesting characters. And it takes a while for someone to, a writer to get a hold of them. Daredevil was the same way. Daredevil was terrible for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Created him in the sixties. He was a boring character. And then Frank Miller got a hold of him in the early 80s, and he was like, let me see what I can do with this. And he created something very interesting that to this day, and whatever anyone wants to say about Frank Miller, there was a period between like early 80s to late 80s, his work with Daredevil and Batman was untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. And it sort of spawned spawned a lot of the popular media that we enjoy now or that, that have happened in the last 20 years. And also that plus. aesthetic of yeah. comic books yeah. going oh, yeah. to that much darker and moody coolness oh it's the idea that you don't have to um, a medium is neither adult or child it's mm-hmm. only it's a medium you you can create whatever you want to do you can make a tv show that's for adults or for children it has a target audience obviously but right it's but, like uh maurice sendak uh when people asked him about i love this i saw an interview with him where they asked him about where the wild things are being a children's book he's like it's not a children's book it's a book turns out kids read it and I was like, all right, well, that may be a little, but, <laughs> but, but it's, it's a, it's a cool it. point. It's mm. like, he just, he's like, no, I just wrote a, a book that I thought was interesting. All right, let's go, let's keep going through the seventies. Yep. We have the black spider, Captain Stingery, Dr. Phosphorus, Maxi Zeus, Killer Croc. Now you're in the eighties. Oh, 80s. no, no, I'm in the eighties. Killer, Killer Croc keep was going, in the eighties. Just go into the eighties. I'm just going to go into the eighties. Killer Croc, Killer Croc, The Wrath, Film Freak, Magpie, Reaper. James Gordon Jr., KG Beast, that is a fantastic name. Very uh, nice. Ventriloquist, Ratcatcher, and Anarchy. That is the 70s and 80s. Any of these that pop out that are particular favorites of you guys? I'm going to go with Maxi Zeus, honestly. That's a, that's a, cause Killer Croc's kind of obvious and, uh, mm-hmm. maybe an outside chance for Anarchy, but only because, like, my only familiarity with Anarchy, admittedly, is, uh, Arkham City, the video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's, he appears in that. Or maybe it's, uh, Arkham Origins. I can't. Remember. It's one of the two. Right. But he appears in, in one of the video games. That's my only experience with the character. But the idea is kind of sound. Where you have Maxi Zeus. Oh no, Maxi Zeus appears only in the background. Mm. But uh, I like Maxi Zeus just because it's an insane gimmick, just an insane character idea. What is Maxi Zeus's gimmick? He's Zeus. He's just Zeus. He's just Zeus. Really? He's just a Zeus dude. He's like so. He's a but he's a scientist who's just figured out lightning bolts. So. No, no, he just thinks he's Zeus. Like literally, it's, oh, he just thinks it's he's not Zeus. even. It's not even all that creative. He's, <laughs> so he's not. He, he has not, in fact, harnessed the power of lightning. He just thinks he's. He Zeus. might have, but he's pretty much just like a big buff dude that is that thinks he's Zeus. All right, I like that. <laughs> you know, it's, how gonna, there's some characters where there's a lot of thought put into them, and there's some characters where there just feels like there's none. Oh, like Reaper. 
Yeah. Reaper is ridiculous. Reaper is just a grim reaper, but with a gun. <laughs> You're like, all right, that's, there you go. Okay, well, we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Hal, you got any in, in there that are particular favorites? No, I mean, Killer Croc, I, mm. I feel like Killer Croc has become more prominent recently. Maybe thanks in part to that god-awful Suicide Squad movie. He's also a great video game oh, yeah. boss. So he's in the Arkham mm-hmm. games. I remember him in, in the first Arkham Asylum. Like, he's just sort of a natural, uh, good, like, he's going to charge around. You dodge, you throw the batarang. Uh, and he's also interesting in that he kind of is suffering from a syndrome yeah. that makes him the way that he is. He's not like a crocodile and a guy fell into a vat and then Killer Croc popped out. And he was, one of the most brilliant, just slight, quiet digs by a Lego Batman movie at Suicide Squad. <laughs> he swims underwater, turns on the bomb. I'm helping. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is literally what he, that is what he, that's exactly all he does in, in Suicide Squad is he swims underwater and turns on a bomb. That he didn't even, like, I think they even looked at it. It was, he didn't really need to do that. They could have had anyone do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you guys know about? I'm fascinated by this guy. I don't know a ton about him. Film Freak. Not familiar with him, honestly. Film Freak, uh, this is, <laughs> it is a villain who is, his human alter ego is Burt Weston, a wannabe actor who dreams of getting a big break playing quirky villains. Uh, that is what he literally wants to play villains in movies. I'm so glad they made a Batman villain out of me. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and then he just uses, uh, he uses assorted movie tropes to create his villainy. He, uh, he faked his death a la The Sting. He, uh, stalked a woman a la Norman Bates in Psycho. Uh, this is, I'm kind of a big fan of this guy. Now I want to go through and read, uh, read what this guy has to offer. And I would love to see the super meta movie that they make with Film Freak as the bad guy. Uh, so that's going to be my honorable mention I'm pulling out of, out of that era. Okay. Um, so let's move into the 90s. Now, we haven't really gotten to delve into the big ones. We're still just oh, yeah. going through our... We're, we're wading favorite. through a lot of the, uh, yeah. the hilarious... Yeah, the ridiculous we did, stuff. We didn't We didn't even touch on Polka Dot Man. Who is Polka Dot Man? Did we mention him? Oh, I don't think we did. Did he put polka dots on things? I, I think he threw polka dots at people. He so, threw polka dots! So, <laughs> I'm... I, as I, I said off... Or as I said once again, they're the two great pieces of very loving... Uh, what is it? Uh, lampooning of Batman were, uh, the Batman, the Lego Batman movie and then, uh, Holy Musical Batman. And they did a, uh, a, there's a, there's a joke where, the, um, Zach Galifianakis, who does the voice of Joker in, uh, in, uh, Lego Batman is running off all these villains. They actually do a similar thing in Holy Musical Batman where they just start listing off all the ridiculous B, C, D, E, F, G, Z level villains that were mm-hmm. in the series. And that's actually the whole plan in Holy Musical Batman is, we're going to get all of the villains and Batman won't be able because it's like, yeah, Batman might be able to fight one of us, but he can't fight 90 of us. <laughs> pretty great. It's, it's a pretty solid also, idea. That must, yeah. be a, that must be what they just do for musicals based on uh, superheroes because Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark was the same way. It was just let's throw a bunch of villains at him at the end and have a great big fight because he can't kill them all at once. No, that was also, that was actually just the idea behind, the I think, the last three Spider-Man movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How many villains does he have? He's got like 85. Okay, put 17 in this movie, put six in this one. Uh, uh, can we just have like four hanging off the back of a panel truck driving by? <laughs> they, don't even, they don't even have to be involved. Just have them drive by. The Rhino's legit in the movie for like 30 seconds. Yeah. And they got Paul Giamatti to play him. 
And, That's I mean, right. Oh my god! In the suit, it was so. I, it's They're so insanity. Bad. You, so bad. I at a certain point, I feel like Marvel and is is it is it twenty four is it twentieth century Fox? It's Sony. Sony, Sony has Spider Man. It's like Marvel and Sony are just. It's like a. It's just like a divorced couple that don't like each other. Yeah. They're just at a certain point. They're just like, oh, you don't. Well, we'll cancel the comic series. Like, oh, you're gonna cancel the comic series? We're gonna make Johnny Storm black and drive a lot of people crazy for reasons that they're not gonna be comfortable admitting. Yeah, yeah. They, I, they've got. They've now they've loaned the MCU Spider-Man. So or Sony Spider-Man and, is now back in the MCU permanent. Sony and Marvel have a deal where Sony makes a lot of money off of it, but Marvel gets Spider-Man for creative and probably gets gotcha. some money. But the Fantastic Four, which are under. So 20th Century Fox has X-Men and Fantastic Four, and they keep making Fantastic Four movies, none of which are are even close to the Roger Corman Fantastic Four, which is itself terrible. Uh, but they keep making it so they don't lose the right. It's, it's a whole mess. Yeah, there's, there's a whole documentary about it. There is? Oh, yeah. There's a documentary. There's a documentary about everything. There's a documentary about the. Oh, about the Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That I was aware there's of. Also this, is just, this isn't just the behind the scenes. No, no, it's an actual documentary about like the process and how, um, None of the actors that were – because they made the Fantastic Four movie, the Corman one, with no intention of releasing it. Yeah. He was just running he, – he needed to make it before he was yeah. He was going to lose the rights. So he just made it to, to make it. Because they actually contacted Lloyd Kaufman, who I did a panel with today over at LA Comic Con. Uh, oh, yeah. I can name drop. Don't worry. <laughs> that guy directed me in a movie. Oh, I'm not surprised. You know, uh, Actually, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who I, I, I know is uh, – I all know him as well. He's over there. That was a terrible name drop. That was, a, that was like a, <laughs> the Rock Johnson. That was like a name fumble. I just like, yeah. oh look, name I know. To be fair, to be fair, it's about as big as a name gets, so it's easy to drop it. It's very heavy. Oh, you know. Well, once again, he's he's a dense person. Like physically, it's just like all muscle. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move in and look at some of the '90s. Uh, the '90s also rans in the Rogues Gallery. We've got NKV Demon, King Snake. Harley Quinn. Not an also ran. I would put her. Oh in the no no finals. no! You're, you're right. Well, I, I'm, I'm just. You want to say who was who? I'm saying who, who came released. through yes. each era. Many of these will be also rans, and many of them will go into our final list of amazing. Yes. Yes. Uh, Mr. Zaz. Yes, Victor Zaz, the uh, serial killer. Yeah, he cuts himself every time he kills someone. That is yeah. just that's just like straight out of a horrific horror movie, not a comic book. Yeah, it's frightening. That's yeah. a fright. There's some frightening characters in this world. There are. Oh, yeah. uh, Bane, of course. Yeah. Tally Man, he will tally your bananas. Um, <laughs> now, is that, up. is that actually, I didn't know, is Tally Man actually, uh, um, he, uh, Harry Belafonte? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's Harry Belafonte. It is Harry Belafonte. <laughs> it's just Harry Belafonte. Yeah, yeah, Harry Belafonte, sharpshooter. That's there what we, Tally Man is. There we go. <laughs> Um, but he shoots love and understanding at people. Yeah, you know what? Harry Belafonte is the greatest. Yes, he is. Um, Lockup, who's mm-hmm. good at locking people up. Prometheus. Uh, you've got David Kane. That is yep. the last of the 1990s. And we might, you know what? We might as well. There's only six left. Uh, Philo Zeiss. Yep. Orca. Hush. The Great White Shark. Uh, forgive me for saying this probably incorrectly. Nisa or Nissa Ratko. Okay. I'm a fan of a lot of the aquatic ones. I gotta be honest. He's like, Black, uh, Black Mask yeah. and Clayface. Clayface introduced. <laughs> when was Clayface introduced? Uh, it was probably a reintroduction at that point. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, this is listed at, at right after 2009. Yeah. I, I like, um, I got I to throw Black Mask in there just because if nothing else, he, he's brilliant in the uh, Under the Red Hood uh, animated film. Oh, oh yeah. Cool. But, uh, I, I like the idea that he's just a guy wearing a mask that got burned to his face. 
That's all it is. He's just he was wearing a mask and it got burned to his face. What was he doing wearing a mask in the first place? Oh, how he was. Many, uh, how many times do you just wear a mask? Oh, he was a criminal. Oh, he, okay. he was. I think his family owned a chemical. I think his, actually his family owned Ace Chemicals is what the whole story was. So okay. getting so getting burned and having the mask attached to his face wasn't what made him evil. He was already evil. He was already evil. He was already committing crimes. It was just he. Uh, that how can I put You're this? Right, committing crimes. I, that's, that there's, is, there's a line. It's flying a lot. Yeah. There, there, once again, the, uh, holy musical Batman makes a great joke about that where it's, these guys are committing minor crimes and Batman is just like brutally crippling them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is, what is Egghead doing? He's chucking eggs. I mean, they explode. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's always doing. Yeah, it's just Halloween is, fun. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's basically, I have some of those little poppers in my car that you throw on the ground and they like, they just yeah. kind of have, they have a little gunpowder in them. So I'm basically egghead. Let's do this. Let's take yeah. a quick break and okay. let's come back and talk about the finalists. Right. And then pick a winner. Great. Or announce a winner. And we'll announce a winner. That's coming up next. Yeah. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And... I was two butts, 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 butts. The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Lori Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kieran Chipka, Ed Week, Zach Knight, and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, Alexander Summer, Summer, Ellen Summer, and many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. Okay, so we're back. We've got some finalists here. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk through. I this is this is who I think the finalists would be. I I would I would put Bane, Harley Quinn, in there. I would I would not put Victor Zaz. Then you've got Catwoman, Scarecrow, Penguin, Two Face, uh, Riddler, and uh, the Joker. Mm-hmm. Would we put? Would you put Hugo Strange in that list as well? I would, if for no greater reason than that. If there's really one thing that Bruce Wayne or Batman genuinely fears, it's a psychiatrist. That's true. Yeah. This is this is a man who, rather than dealing with his emotional problems, decided to learn ninjutsu and dress up like a bat. Yeah, that's like, true. That that's he that's, is. That's an, that's a reason that I love having Scarecrow on this list. Yeah, it's the psychological stuff. The fact that Scarecrow uses fear itself as his weapon is terrifying to me. Yes, he's he has weaponized fear, yeah. and that it that it even affects Batman sometimes mm-hmm. if he's not wearing some sort of a respirator or right or inocul if he hasn't been inoculated against it. But a guy who can use fear to control people is really frightening. Oh yes. Um. And also Harley Quinn. Those are three people in the in the psychiatric field who who have made the finals against Batman. What what makes a great Batman villain? I I, I would throw out initially it's, oh, it's that around. they have some complexity to them. 
complexity is a good thing to bring up. Uh, on top of that, also, they, they need to be able to challenge him in his areas of... Because it's one thing to try and fight Batman. Mm-hmm. Right. You might outfight him, you might not. The whole issue is that, I mean, even... He's the you know he's he's a detective. The whole idea is that he's supposed to be able to outthink people. Mm-hmm. That's his. If you were going to say he had a superpower, would be that is his intellect. Yeah. So what disarms? Yeah. Him? What disarms? Why you? I mean, there's there's a uh, Pete Holm uh, who did a uh, a series of shorts called Batman, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and they had like the they did the Batman versus Superman one, and Superman proposed to team up, and his whole thing is like why. Like I, I have no superpowers. I'm basically rich and nuts. Rich and nuts. That's all I got. Yeah. Superman, and Superman's trying to tell him, like, oh, but Bruce, your scientific mind is nothing when we have a guy who bullets literally bounce off of. I got my back broken by Bane, and he's basically a jock with asthma. Oh. <laughs> uh. Would that would that take a guy like Bane out of the running? I know Bane Bane is a is a brilliant tactician tactician mm-hmm. as well, uh, who also uses uh, the a cool venom, voice. That yeah, venom I, gas I, yeah to... I'm, I'm a believer in giant freak, jacked up, insane Bane. I'm yeah. not a believer in little normal size Bane. Like no, r- yeah, normal... he should be gigantic yeah. when he's under the, the when venom. The, yeah. yeah, when the venom is affecting him. But right. the fact that he broke Batman's back and put him out of commission makes him a notable. You know that that. That would elevate him into this elite group just because he got the better of him physically, which is not easy to do. Right. No, no. But and he also gave us the strangest side note: Jewish Batman. What? Who replaced Batman when he got his back broken? I don't know. Bill Finger, the Azrael. <laughs> oh. And he was he was an Israeli. Oh. Yeah. So that we had we oh, had Jewish nice. Batman for a little while. Oh, there that's beautiful. I I hope I'm right about that. As I recall, that was the thing, but I I might be wrong. Don't worry. If, <laughs> don't worry. This goes out over the internet. We'll know very quickly if anything was wrong. Oh yeah. Oh, we'll know very quickly if anything was right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and we'll get we'll get we'll get yelled at for that. Yeah, it won't matter. It, here's the thing: I, there there are going to be a lot of you here who have specific allegiances to some of these villains. Uh, some of uh, only one of them is going to win, and you're going to pull out tons of examples of times they did something cool mm-hmm. or did something villainous or got the better of Batman, which a lot of these villains have. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody in this group that was just wholly ineffective against him, okay. but. We're looking at their work as a whole. How do they match up? What kind of a counterpoint are they to Batman? Right. So to me, you know, Harley Quinn is the most recent entry that probably is the most impactful. And and not only, but, you know, her relationship to the Joker is really interesting. But I also think that on her own, she's a great villain. See, this is where this she is doesn't where I need get... the Joker to be a great villain. That I I don't know if that's true. The Joker is her origin. Yes. Right? So the things that but she does, are... so which makes her still feel at least a little bit like a sidekick. I, I companion. I would say you have to consider that first and foremost, she was created as a one as a one note joke. That was right. it. Was let's have Joker have a girl sidekick or a girl henchman. That's all it was when mm-hmm. she was originally created. And then she kept reappearing and reappearing and she got more and more depth with time and people clung to her because she was an odd character. Mm-hmm. Now, whereas the Joker, we never really get an idea of Joker's physical prowess at any point. Right. Mm-hmm. It's almost like whenever he f- becomes physical with Batman, it's so violent. It's not even necessarily that he's like a strong fighter or a good tactician. He's violent. It's, yeah. it's the purest way to say it. He's a violent human being. I, I'm not the first person to say this, but the winner of a fight is not always the strongest, the fastest, the smartest. It's the least moral. Right. The less morals you have, the 
if you've ever watched uh, The Walking Dead, spoiler for this for anyone who doesn't want to know, there's a uh, scene in one of the episodes where uh, Rick, Michonne, and Carl are being held by these three, these group of guys that are cannibals, and they straight up tell Rick, we're going to rape your woman, we're going to rape your son, we're going to make you watch, and then we're going to kill him, and then we're going to kill you. And the guy's just laughing in Rick's face about it. He's like, yeah, we're going to do all this. And you and Andrew Lincoln did a wonderful job. You can almost see him being like, okay, that's it. And he bites the guy's throat out. He literally just leans forward and bites. The, they're holding him. They have his arms and his legs. He doesn't have a weapon. Yeah. He does the most feral, violent thing you can think of. And everyone else, these guys who are straight up cannibals who are talking about raping a child, two seconds later are running scared because yeah. they just saw a man go feral. And, and that's, that's the Joker's thing, That's too. the Joker, it's, yeah. yeah. It is, what is the the most like no it, i guess the phrase stop at nothing yeah um even in uh, dark knight returns when he uh they have the showdown in the uh, tunnel of love where joker stabs him like 30 times mm-hmm. technically batman might survive a stabbing and most people might just go stab and be done joker's just right. over yeah. and over and over and over and over like no i'm not stopping until your guts are on the ground i'm just gonna keep going isn't that part of harley quinn as well though is that she's like She's on. She's an unhinged. She's become unhinged because of her relationship with the Joker and her mm-hmm. her devotion. She to him. she is a testament to the violent nature of codependence. Like, and that's the that's her whole deal is that she's really at least initially she was a codependent. You know, essentially a victim unto herself, where she wasn't necessarily a bad person, but she was so intoxicated by the Joker that she had become evil. Right. right. But it wasn't evil for the end of I'm evil. Like the Joker is evil to no reason. That's his whole point. There's no point. Right. He is nihilism incarnate. He is. I want you to see that everything you're doing is pointless. Your life is meaningless. Everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to suffer. And you are just as bad as me, even if you don't want to admit it. That's his whole point. That's all he wants. Yeah. Harley Quinn is like, oh, but I love him. It's yeah. it's like if Ike and Tina took a really dark turn, and that's saying a lot because that was a that's a very sad story. Yes, yeah. with a happy ending, admittedly, but like the whole right. story is sad. <laughs> yes, no, that's that's mm. that is a good point. Um, well then let's let's look at somebody else who is in a very interesting relationship, which is Catwoman. Um, because of her relationship with Batman mm-hmm. over time, I think she she meets a lot of criteria, and that she she can she can match him physically. Yeah. Because, because of how agile, agile she is, she knows how to fight. She's also psychologically can manipulate him and they have a relationship. So sometimes they're together fighting on the same side. Sometimes they're, you know, sometimes they're together because of convenience. Sometimes it's because they love one another. They're sort of the star crossed mm-hmm. and, and doomed, uh, relationship. But I think that makes her a fascinating, like she's a, she's a, she's a great, Example of a strong female character. Right. Because she's not defined by her relationship with him at all. It just adds wrinkles as much for her as it does for him. It she's also, her she's one of the great characters, but I don't know if she's. I can throw someone in there that actually meets the criteria that she does and one more that makes it worse. What's that? We, we're forgetting because he's probably didn't make the list because technically he's not a villain anymore, but Jason Todd when he was, uh, the red, the red hood. Ah, because that was Batman's mistakes coming back to haunt him, which is one of his big fears. Because his whole trauma was mm. his his feeling that he and somehow ca- somehow caused his parents' death, right. right? And then that was compounded with Jason Todd, where it was, oh, you know, you actually caused his death. Like you're the you're the guy who really caused him to die. You put you took this twelve year old child and put him into the world of crime fighting, and you put him in a position where he ultimately got murdered by the Joker, and then he got brought back by Rachel Ghoul because and. 
was completely insane and started killing people himself. So he's and I'm sure like I, said, I guarantee he didn't make the list because it was he was only a villain for a very brief time. Right. But in that time, that was one of the worst things you could have to imagine Batman could go through. Because mm-hmm. with Catwoman, it's he's never done anything, shall we say? There was a mistake that created Catwoman from his standpoint. He didn't right. make her. Yes. He has to take 100% responsibility for someone like for someone like the Red Hood. Because even with the Joker, it's like you could argue Joker. There's something wrong with him in the first place. You could argue that. You could argue that. <laughs> but Jason Todd was just a kid. He was yeah. just an orphan who got adopted by a rich guy and thought, oh, I won the lottery. It's like, oh, I won the super lottery. I get to be a superhero. It's like, oh, I'm going to get beat to death with a crowbar. Oof. Yeah. You know, yeah. and as ways to go, uh, go, that is not a great way to go. That's a bottom three. Yeah. Oh, hey, John DiMaggio, let's get the ones in a, let's get a photo of you and me in the crowbar and then let's get a photo of you in the crowbar. <laughs> oh my God. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, John. Oh, God, John. Great performance. Sure. Oh, Oh, that, I, I list him as easily, uh, top three jokers. I don't think he gets enough credit for it. That, no, that performance no, is amazing. He yeah, he, he, that is a killer, killer joker. And it's one of the few that wasn't just an impression of Mark Hamill doing it. That's the, and that's the trap because it's such an iconic performance. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I still, I still would like to hear someday the, uh, Tim Curry one. I don't know if there's any. Oh, yeah, because he was the original, he was the original actor cast. And he was deemed too frightening. Oh, by by Fox yeah. executives. Well, then he made wow. it and proved it. <laughs> yeah, that, he is frightening as a clown. That you movie's way yeah. that movie's way funnier when you look back at like <laughs> you don't realize. I I you go back and watch it now. You don't realize how ridiculous it was at the time because I remember being horrified by it. I was yeah. genuinely frightened. It was it was bone chilling in 1992. Yeah, and then you go back and watch it. You go, oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Wow. Why is that guy from Clue dressed like a clown in a yeah. in a sewer? Hey, look at why his is, teeth. That's why funny. Is, look why, at his big weird teeth. Why is Doctor Frankenfurter doing all this stuff? It's- <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to do this. Uh, but so, getting back to Catwoman. So we don't. Th- so we don't think it's Catwoman. I don't think I don't, it's Catwoman. I, I, don't think it's I think Catwoman. Catwoman is one of the greatest characters in the comic book canon. But I think that she's not the greatest Batman villain because of the team ups. Because they're frequently find, they frequently find themselves on the same side. I think it's an, this is, I think it's an insult to Catwoman to call her just a Batman villain. She, at this point, she's kind of expanded beyond that. And she's almost more of a, uh, a neutral character. Right. She's not necessarily, cause her goal, she's not out to take over the world. She's not out to kill people. Right. She's out for herself. She's just out to get money. That's it. She's, she's almost such a base villain that you kind of can't really call her a supervillain, even then. It's, yeah. she's just a criminal. She's, she's just a, a thief. really, really good at it criminal yeah, who right. happens to be friends with Batman sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, right. once, once you've done the horizontal Batusi, you don't really get to. Ooh, the horizontal Batusi. Horizontal, oh my God. That was my, that was my. I never thought I'd, I never thought that was something I didn't want to hear until I heard it. <laughs> I never thought that. Oh yeah. Turns out. Uh, I, I want to talk about the penguin. Who I love. I love, I love a, the penguin. A specific origin story of his that, that came out that where the reason why he dresses the way he does is because of his mother. That his mother raised him to be a gentleman, raised him never to fight anyone, and he got beat up mercilessly. So he he mm-hmm. went away to I think he went to England and went to school, something like that in this story, and learns to box and fight and then goes back and just destroys everybody who ever tortured him and the, and it becomes clear like you understand why he carries an umbrella because his mother said you never know when it's going to rain why he dresses the way he does and sort of his motivation is that he's hurt like that that experience and the extent to which he was tortured kind of twisted him and then and then helped give him the push over the cliff 
to become the villain that he that he is. That, that said, that seems like a really dark and human version of that yeah, story. It, it does, yeah. but I I, don't, I hate to say it this way. I kind of put him into the same category as a Catwoman in that his goals are so simple that right. I don't really. I don't know that I'd call him a great a great Batman villain for like he's a he's a great character he's okay. a great character to play off of, and the back and forth with him and Batman is always really good. It's just the issue of if you're like it was a similar thing I made in the last the last time I was on the show we were talking about just movie villains in general yeah and the point I made about characters like Jaws or the 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 xenomorph from Alien mm-hmm. is that they're just animals they're just yeah. they're just they're doing what an animal does they're not really they don't really have an actual goal Jaws isn't trying to take over the world yeah in the same way. You could argue, well, he's trying to take over the, uh, you know, the, the penguins trying to take over the, uh, criminal underworld. Yeah, but one drug dealer versus another drug dealer is still a drug dealer. It doesn't make you, you're not like, there's not like, uh, if Kingpin, you know, if Kingpin's selling all the drugs in New York, then the world's gonna end. But, you know, as long as it's, you know, these three guys, it's okay. It's, no, it's, right. the issue is that someone's doing it, not who's doing it. Right. He's a good character, but in the same way with Catwoman, he's just a criminal. At the end of the day, he's just looking for a financial profit. He's not, he's not out to like take over the world. He's not pinky in the brain, you know. It's, yeah. Right. Then what about a character like Two-Face? Who, who, I think he meets complex. I think he's got, he, he, what his desire is changes from moment to moment. The, the faithful version of him where, I mean, he's half man and half monster. And everything is decided by by a coin, and he lives mm-hmm. to it rigidly. Whether or not Batman lives or dies, you know what his next action is. I think that's an interesting. I think he's interesting. It's a great hook. It's great, and and everything is left to chance. So Batman can't determine what his next action is. I like the fact that he's basically a walking Jungian theory. He's just, <laughs> he is the duality of man. He's just yeah. He's he is you know evil and good mixed into one. Right. Though they uh. I, I love. I have to keep mentioning it. If you guys haven't watched it, Holy Musical Batman. It's on YouTube for free. You can it's, watch the the whole musical. Oh yeah, great. But instead of B A T, it's B and then the at symbol. All right. Ah. Uh, that's how they do it copyright wise. Nice. But uh, sure. The joke is that uh, Two Face is basically a a Seinfeld character, and all the other villains hate him. That's pretty great. <laughs> and it's all, it, Wait, I have a question. If the A in uh, this Batman musical is the at symbol, is the T? This is the T There's person? no T. Okay. It's B at symbol man. Right. That's all I was asking. You wanted to make sure it was correct. I wanted to make sure that they That's did it right. That's what you wanted. Yeah, because yeah, it's not Batman. <laughs> it's not, no. It's, right. But uh, the thing with Two-Face is he's very – he works, I think, a lot better than that. And even in the idea that he was Batman's friend, he was – you know, uh, Harvey Dent was Batman's friend. In every iteration, uh, my personal favorite still being Billy D. Williams. Uh, sure. Right. Well, what was his version? Oh. He, well, he played he played Harvey Dent. Oh, in, that's right. He was in Harvey the Batman Dent in the um, Tim Burton movie. Yeah, and then he played Two Face in the Lego Batman. Yeah, which movie. was a great callback. Yeah, that they actually they were like, no, we're gonna you're finally gonna be Two Face <laughs> after thirty years. Yeah, there are, there are so many different versions of each of these great villain origin stories that I have trouble keeping them his, intact. His are pretty. His is actually pretty consistent. It's the, it's the he is the district attorney and he is his face gets burned. Yeah. His face by gets ba- burned. by generally the story is the Joker throws acid in his. Face. Yeah, it, it varies who throws it, but it's right. acid is uh, thrown in his face because sometimes it's a joker, sometimes it's a crime boss, sometimes it's uh, just a random thug. Right. Um, there's one version of the story I remember from the 80s or 90s where he got his face burned, but he actually got surgery to repair it. But the mental scarring was so bad that he actually clotted his own face until it was like ripped raw and, and scarred wow. because he didn't believe the surgery worked. Man, there's some. 
dark comic books yeah. out there, boys. But he's super complex. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that, no, he's definitely a great villain. And I think he's also a interesting compliment to Batman because Batman is someone who wears, you know, two different masks. Mm-hmm. The, the, he wears them one at a time. Well, technically he only wears one mask if you, if you think about the way he views himself. Right. That Bruce Wayne is the mask and yeah. Batman is the person. That Which, was, that was what ultimately led to Kevin Conroy winning, uh, this, our best Batman episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it he has, he captured that better than anyone else. And I believe there's, I can't remember the episode, but there's a line where he said, that's how I knew it wasn't, or this was up there that this, uh, that, that wasn't me. He goes, how do you know? He goes, I don't call myself Bruce. There you go. Like, what do you call yourself? And he just looks at him like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I call myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah, Two-Face, I, I think, checks a lot of boxes. But there is something to the random that he can be good. He's just as likely to be good as evil. Because oh, yeah. he he, that Harvey Dent is still there somewhere. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, maybe he's that. I think that's, that's what why ultimately make him not the best yeah. villain is that he's half good. He's a good reflection of Batman. I will say that. Because mm. Batman is a... A complex character who has very, I mean, <laughs> I think there was someone who summed up Batman. It was like a, some of a movie poorly. It was like, mentally scarred billionaires violently assaults homeless people while wearing a costume. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of a horrible, <laughs> there you, you go. If you phrase it like, or, or uh, assaults, uh, homeless mental patients with, yeah. It's like, it, you can phrase it where it's very negative, but Harvey Dent has a capacity for good in theory, mm-hmm. whereas, a lot of, like that's kind of things like he he isn't a hundred percent bad even if he's ninety nine point right. nine percent bad. Yeah, but I mean, but you can say that about all of them though. You could say except for one. Yes, but you okay. can say that about uh, Cobblepot. Oh yeah, you can say that about uh, the Catwoman. You can say it about Two Face. There, there's um, only I mean we're gonna get to him eventually, but the one the, I, I do know of one thing that he did that wasn't that bad. That was actually kind of like a good guy moment. It's really weird. Oh. oh well, then let's get to it. We're gonna get to it very soon. Let's talk about. The, I think the Riddler is really the Riddler's only, the only one left. guy left. Yeah, I love the Riddler. I love the idea of the Riddler, particularly Frank Gorshin's Riddler. Oh, mm-hmm. that's I mean, I grew Frank up. Frank Gorshin's Riddler is yeah, it's I'll, the Showman. Hey, to his credit though, Sean or not Sean, John Aston did several uh, appearances of the Riddler on the yes. '66 show, and he was wonderful. Yeah, he was great. Oh too. yeah, uh, Gomez Adams. Yeah, John Aston. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, also, Doctor Gangrene from uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> oh yeah, he had a lot. He had a long, distinguished career, Mister John Asset. He did it you all. Had, you but, had said something earlier to me that I loved uh, in your in your hopes and dreams about a Christopher Nolan esque version of the Riddler. Yeah, do you remember this? No, but I can't wait to hear we, what I said when we were we were just talking earlier this afternoon about this. Okay, um, that oh gosh, or maybe my brain is just fried. And we actually mentioned it in this podcast in the last hour. I don't know, <laughs> but um. If, uh, if, if in a Christopher Nolan style Batman movie, the Riddler would just be the Zodiac killer. Oh, I never said that, but that's a great the, idea. Who was I talking to? I have no idea. That, Wait, it, w- w- this was a conversation I had this out oh, for whoever put the other list, maybe? Um, okay. we, oh, was it John Connor? Is he sitting it was on the John couch Connor, right over he's there? sitting right here. Anyway, I'm yeah. going to attribute it to, uh, the Riddler. Yeah. Who has yeah. left a series of notes on this table to help me figure out who said this. But I love that idea of like, if there was going to be a Riddler now, it would just be a psychotic serial killer who left clues. Well, it's the same way that, you know, Barry Allen was a police scientist originally. And then yeah. now he's just a CSI. Like, oh, crime scene investigator. Yeah. yeah. Well, because that's what he'd be. It's 
yeah. police scientist isn't like a real job. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that was the smart, uh, the first episode of Gotham I saw yeah. when I, it's in, he's in the pilot. Like, uh, Edward Nigma's in the CSI, he's in the lab, but like, of course he'd be the guy who loves, pu- of course he loves puzzles so much that he, but it's the compulsion he has to, to create them. Like, he's got to outsmart Batman. It's not that he can just go, he could probably rob a bank and get away with it and nobody would know. But he feels the need to to engage Batman in this mm-hmm. war of wits and prove how smart he is because of his ego. And it's the Sherlock Holmes syndrome. What's the yeah. point of being the smartest man in the world if you don't get to prove it? Like, exactly. What, what, if you can't show people that, you don't care. Yeah. And there's something sort of gloriously Shakespearean in that I am this master criminal, but I have one fatal flaw. I love the whole one fatal flaw idea. And Riddler's hubris is a great example of that. So that makes him a fun villain, I think. I also like the fact that in the Arkham games, he straight up cheats. <laughs> oh, really? There are Riddler puzzles, and there's one that always – when I figured it out, I was so pissed. Because it was like a three, it was like a shell game, a three-card Monty, mm-hmm. with a person who's – and you have to pick which thing they're in. If you don't find it, they die. Because mm-hmm. Batman has the x-ray thing they can put on. Yeah. If you put that on, you realize the person dropped – like you watch it, they drop below the actual things and they move to a random one. So the one they're in when it starts is not the one they're ever in again. Oh. Uh. So you have to do that to figure out which one they pop up and they're actually in. And I was like, that's so dirty. But yeah. it's like, that's, that's the Riddler. That's the joke is that here, you know, with the Riddler is that sometimes he isn't playing fair yeah. because he just wants to win. He just wants to be smarter than Batman. Yeah. He just wants to prove that he's smarter. Yeah. It's such a great, uh, it's such a great fiddle flaw for a character. But it also, I, I mean, he can't. There's no way he's the best villain. No, there's no way. Let's it's anybody, talk about who the best villain. Let's is. talk about the Joker. This is the it's second the time you've been on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, the it's Joker's the Joker. won twice. What's the good thing that he did? Okay, so this is a really odd good thing. I don't know the exact comic book. I've only seen the panel. It was it was like a, a Marvel DC crossover where he was momentarily teamed with the Red Skull until his realization that the Red Skull is a Nazi. Yeah. And the Joker was not standing for that. Even the Joker. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there is a there's a way more Nazis are going around right now than there oh, yeah. should be in the real world. Yes. So if you look to the Joker, the most evil, nihilistic, dangerous, psychotic villain of all time, and even that guy's like, nah, these Nazis are too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, because well, his whole and his reaction is, is you can find the panel online. If you just search Joker Nazis, it'll probably pop up. But he, or Joker Red Skull, and he, he's just like, I might be, you know, I might be a, a psychotic criminal, but I'm an American psychotic criminal, right? <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> That's the brilliance of the Joker, yeah. though, is that he's got his own internal code. Nobody knows what it is. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and if you tried to piece it together from the comics, you would run yourself in crazy circles because it's going to contradict itself. Because he's, he's kind of a, beyond the nihilism, he's kind of a manic depressive. You know, there are points where he's, He's, it's about the comedy and there's points where it's about the horror. It's about the horrible things he can do and the vile things he can do. I mean, they more or less imply he raped Barbara Gordon in, uh, Killing Joke. Right. They never say it outright, but it, he assault, he sexually assaults her in some way, but they're never very specific. Right. They just show that he took photos, but they don't like they don't go into, they want any more detail. Mm-hmm. But even then, the whole point was he was trying to push Batman's buttons. That was his whole goal. He was like, I will do the most horrible thing in the world if I think it'll get to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, and ultimate. as, yeah, as a, and that's the whole point of the Lego Batman movie too, yeah. is to take that relationship of, this is, I mean, Joker and Batman are so perfectly each other's, mm-hmm. uh, that there's real, I mean, all of the rest of these are, 
they're really fun villains. Oh yeah. But as a flip side of the coin, not, I'm not mentioning Two-Face again. No. Yeah. But as the, like, as the other side of Batman, there's, there's no comparing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because he's ultimately what Batman fears, mm-hmm. which is the utter lack of control. Batman's whole thing is he wants control. He wants to be able to have control over himself, over the environment, over right. people who are committing these crimes. He makes Lucius make that big, uh, oh, yeah. sonar, use everybody's phones thing. Which, once again, this is immoral. This is immoral. Oh, oh, this is immoral. The billionaire playboy putting on a costume and beating up people isn't yeah. immoral. But this, <laughs> listening to some phone calls is immoral. <laughs> Finding out that some guy's having to tell his girlfriend about, you know, the, the STD developed or that some woman's having to talk about, you know, her kid got suspended from school. Hearing that's immoral, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, let me, let me build <laughs> you a, a bunch of mental patients. Let me build you a tank so you can drive around on the city and just smash buildings and cop cars. <laughs> That's fine. Lucius Fox is the biggest hypocrite in all of Batman. Let me go on record and say wow. that. Wow. We don't even need that episode now. No, no, no. That's for just, one. Were we going to do an episode of who's the biggest hypocrite in all of Batman? Well, we just did. Why do it now? Yeah. Now it's clean slate. It's Lucius Fox. It's anyone who helps Batman and then questions Batman's morality. It's like, dude, you're way worse because, yeah. you know, Batman's at least got a reason to do this. You could have said no. Yeah. It's you not like your look, family got murdered. You can only look so far in the other direction. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's people of the world, the worst, the reason why he's such a great villain is I think not only does he, not only does, does the Joker being contrasted with Batman show how good Batman is, how much of a force of good he is, but it also shows how hypocritical he is yeah. and how like, that's what make he, he, Joker knows the buttons to press and he's figured out his weakness. He doesn't need to know who Batman is under the mask. It's like, it's unimportant. You even see that. In the Dark Knight, where he wants to know, and then he realizes, well, if I unmask him, then I don't get to have the fun. Like, I want to play, I want to play with you forever. If any, you know what? I would actually, I want to propose an alternate theory. I think he knows the secret about Batman. Yeah. Not that it's Bruce Wayne, but he knows that Bruce Wayne, he doesn't know that Batman's Bruce Wayne. He knows that Bruce Wayne's Batman. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like, he, his whole thing, I think that's Batman's really, the real one. Yeah, like, he knows that Batman is the actual person, that Bruce Wayne is this facade. And I think, and that might be why he screws with him so hard is because he wants him to admit it. He wants wow. him to, he's like, no, you, you're, I know you're, that you really think of yourself as Batman. You don't see yourself as Bruce Wayne at all. Bruce Wayne is the mask. Mm-hmm. And that's the better secret to know. Yeah. The Cause the, yeah, the secret that you can't do anything to Bruce Wayne to hurt him. No. You can only do things to other people to hurt Batman. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. You can destroy his house. I mean, maybe Alfred is his big, uh, point of weakness, but. It's you can do far more damage to Batman. You can weaken him mentally. Get because really, like, wouldn't the Joker's ultimate win be if he angered Batman to the point where Batman killed him? Which let me throw in because wow. this this probably gets brought up more. It will get brought up as soon as this is said. Uh, the end of the Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. There is controversy because there are people claim that uh, the ending is actually Batman killing the Joker. Right now, a lot of this comes from uh, uh, Grant Morrison. Making this claim that that's what happens. Problem is, one of two things is very true or likely true. See, Grant Morrison and, uh, Alan, uh, Alan Moore hate each other. They despise you. They are in a literal wizard's duel. I'm not joking about that. They both, literal wizard's duel. They both, I'm not joking about this. They both consider themselves to be wizards. I am genuinely telling you the truth. This is a real thing. You can look this up. They consider themselves to be wizards. Wow. And they're in a a wizard's duel and they hate each other. 
Oh uh, Alan Moore's gone on record and says they asked him about uh, about Grant's work, and he's like, "Oh, I love reading it. Usually twice. Once when I write it, once when he does." Oh wow! Oh, wow! And they so I I was like, one of two things is true. Grant said it because he knew it was true, and it would piss Alan Moore off to, that everyone knew, hmm. or because he knows it's not true, but because Grant's such an expert, everyone's going to think he's right. Right. Uh huh. So. My personal theory is that the ending isn't that Batman kills the Joker. It's a reset. My theory on that was that Batman has that momentary break where he's like, oh, my God, this really is never going to end, is it? There's nothing I can do short of killing him. and I'm never going to kill him. He got me. And that's what he's actually laughing. It's not the joke that he's laughing at. It's the realization of the sheer pointlessness of all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, that checkmate. He, but he knows if I stop, that's when he wins. Yeah. It's not that I know he's won. It's that as soon as I give up, as soon as I concede that he won, he really wins. That's wow. when you say checkmate, that that's a perfect. There, there's only one villain who can put Batman in checkmate, mm-hmm. and that's the Joker. There Absolutely. it is. The best Batman villain asked and answered. Thank you to Peter and Sherilyn. Uh, Simon, thanks for coming back yeah. on the show. I, not a, I love you guys, and I love being on this You're show. The best, man. Love, this is so yeah. much fun. We I, have to have you on for a topic where the Joker cannot win, <laughs> just to see how the Joker will win. Yeah, well, we're going to do, we're gonna do uh, best uh, best '70s song. <laughs> oh, that's easy. The Joker. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's it, it's a uh, it's not the Joker. What is the best '70s song? Best '70s song is Sid Vicious's cover of My Way. I only say that because that's the only song I'll do karaoke. <laughs> and it's because it's the only song you actually, not only can you sing badly and you're good at it, you have to sing it badly. If you sing it well, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> um, well, where can folks find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me on the Instagram and the Twitter at GotchStyleWWE. I might be changing those soon. I keep, I keep meaning to, but then it's always the same thing. Some 12-year-old goes, hey, you have to take WWE out of your name. You don't work there anymore. And I go, yeah, well, you're 12, and I do what I want, so I'm not going to change it. But uh, <laughs> That's your Joker, is that 12-year-old? Yeah. Oh, no. my. You know who my Joker honestly is? Who? Me. You're your own Joker? I am my own Joker. I think, if anything, Batman and the Joker is a, is a, it's a really about the way our brain, if you want to get heady on this, the way our brains interpret trauma. Because they, they both are people that suffer trauma, and they're both people that react to it poorly, but in different ways. And I think it's the idea of, the Joker is the bad part. Like, if we're looking at it in the confines of things that we do, like, the Joker would be the guy who becomes addicted to drugs because of trauma or becomes mm-hmm. addicted to alcohol or starts engaging in self-destructive behavior because of it. Mm-hmm. Batman's like the guy who something bad happens to him. He's trying to do the right thing, but sometimes bad things happen because he can't, you know, you try to be a drug counselor or a, or a uh, AA sponsor, but you don't necessarily have all the answers that this person needs because you're not a professional. You don't know what you're doing. You're trying, but... Yeah, it becomes that whole deal where it's almost like the characters are these two. It's just trauma on on paper. That's all they really are. Wow. Well, all, my goodness. All, now that deep. we're all our own so Joker, is the, so, is yeah. the, so is the Punisher. That's yeah. That, I'm, Pun- Punisher. I, he's blue collar Batman, but that's a that's another that's another discussion. <laughs> yeah, that's a, for <laughs> like another time. Uh, but yeah, they can find you Gotch Style WWE, and if people want to book you, uh, book or it's uh, booking Simon at Yahoo dot com. Uh, I do obviously wrestling events. Uh, signings, seminars. Believe it or not, I know a lot about professional wrestling. I'm actually very good at it. <laughs> so I believe it, it. I yeah, no, you'd be surprised how many people have to explain that to. I no joke, because if we're gonna talk about the the trolling just randomly, I uh did a seminar. Uh if you're not familiar with this guy, his name's Kevin Quinn. He actually was uh Christopher Daniels uh uh Ring of Honor champion uh 
phenomenal talent. Been all around the world. Uh, he was Chris Daniels' tag partner. He's wrestled all over Mexico. He was a trainer at the Inoki Dojo. Guys like Rocky Romero, New Japan Pro Wrestling were actually mm-hmm. trained uh, in large part by Kevin. I've done some seminars for his students. He absolutely loves me because he's like, oh my God, this is someone who actually understands that the stuff I'm talking about is like, yeah, it's, I, I was, I was told I'd have a lot in common with him. And when I got hooked up with him, he's like, oh, this guy's great. I love, Which is I, pretty I, awesome. I love Kevin. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so I do seminars as well. Uh, photo ops, you want to put me in a movie? I can, I'm not a good actor, but you know, I'll let you hit me with stuff. Throw me <laughs> off things. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm like early Schwarzenegger. Today. I'll, you give me a Conan role where I got yeah. three lines, I'm great. <laughs> or if you go really early Schwarzenegger, then you just open your mouth, uh, with your thick Austrian accent and they have an American replace your voice. Oh, oh yes. I've, I've, you know, they actually released Hercules in New York with all his original audio. Did they really? Oh, oh yeah, I'm on so DVD. I hear that. Oh, I saw, wow. I saw it where they showed it on TV randomly and it was really awkward. But because I was used to the I don't understand voice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let me go see the horsey. Yeah, this <laughs> young Schwarzenegger. Uh, well, <laughs> what was it? Uh, what was the line? Uh, he had, he had some line about the cab. I can't remember when he's getting out of the cab. The guy wants money. <laughs> like, Your chariot carried the son of Zeus. You should be so honored. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to use that every time I get out of an Uber or a taxi now. Yeah. Hey, your chariot carried the son of Zeus. You should be honored. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for being no. here for this episode. This was an absolute blast. This topic is covered, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or check out the Maximum Fun subreddit or email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or visit our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, Kate McManus, who put together this giant list for us. Graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thank you, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And to you, our listeners, you are the Jokers to our Batman. No, you're not. Wait, what? You're the Robins. Oh, the Robins. Right. Yeah. Which one's the good guy? Rob, well, that's up for interpretation. Do you have another half? You know hour? what? Well, you know what? The <laughs> point is, we love you guys. Yeah. We don't ever want you to get beaten savagely with a crowbar by the Joker. That's right. You know what? That's how much that, we care. <laughs> that Simon is. Can we put Christmas music underneath that? Yes, we can. Awesome. Can we? Have, uh, two thirds of us are Jewish. That's going to be a little awkward. It's cool, at least two thirds. I have we enough love, Christmas cheer for everyone. Don't you love Christmas though? I I do. I do too. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. Don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. We got this. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.